after two weeks, it's finally race week. As we approach Imola, Red Bull is making excuses, Melbourne gets a makeover, the Miami GP gets revived again, and we have a new chapter in the Hulkenback saga. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Jump to Start Racing podcast. It's Race Week! We're here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, say hello. Hi. Oh, yes, Ruben? That's not a, a Race Week enthusiasm, by the way. It's not. Okay. Ruben? What's going on, guys? Today's up. I feel like I'm being scolded. You are. You are. Well, nobody goes to me first, so I, I was expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we'll talk about a little bit of news. Some kind of way, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about a little bit of. We'll talk a little bit of news today, and we'll get into the Emilia Romagna. You got to say it like lasagna. Grand Prix. We'll do a little bit of preview. Do some trivia. Uh, let's jump right into it. Um, sprint races. We're all set to. It seems like we have a green light to just go ahead and get started with our sprint races. That's the yes. three things that, what is it? Silverstone, Monza, and Imola having, no, Silverstone, Monza, and Interlagos have in common that they that are sprint races. They're potentially not, going to be sprint races. But that is not why I asked you that question. I, I read that earlier as well. But that's not why that. I asked you that question. Okay, okay, why did, well, let's talk a little bit about yes. the sprint races first. So, Yancy, do you care to break down some of that news for us, please? Yes. So, the issue with the sprint races was more financially. This is why they couldn't agree with agree on it. They wanted to do it, but they were arguing about the kind of money that they get. Why, why did they need more money? Uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> Just in case something happens, obviously there's a lot of cost to run these cars, especially if you add another race or another or event to it. So there's there's costs associated with that. But on top of that, there's also costs associated if something happens, like if somebody crashes their car or you have an incident um, during the race where a car hits another car and damage is done, they have to compensate to replace those parts and so on and so on. So... The original, what teams wanted, or the bigger teams wanted originally was an extra million dollars. Each team. You did that the wrong way, though. What? One million. Whoa. Oh, one million dollars. One million dollars. Pinky up to the. Until the yeah, one million dollars <laughs> to compensate for those costs. A lot of the teams, uh, a lot of the smaller teams obviously said that was too much money. I mean, that was too little. Or it was too much. Yeah, I think it was too much money. So uh, they. What they did was that instead of, um, well, it was F1 that's giving the money to the teams. I just want to clarify that. So okay. the, they said that it was too little. The smaller team said that was too little money to compensate, especially when they have to, you know, go through extra events. So what the compromise was that they would get an extra half a million dollars and they would raise the cop, the, the like always cost cap. the cost cap but cost by another half a million dollars to get to that million dollar figure. Now, the other caveat is, is if there is too much damage, let's say there's a big crash and, you know, the, the expenses are way more than that, then they have a leeway to change that cost cap <laughs> to whatever that team needs. So nobody is disadvantaged in any way. So I want to understand one thing. You're saying they're going to raise, they're going to provide funds to the team. Is that per race? Is that no? That's just for those three specific races. So it's a pool of money, five hundred thousand dollars, to for any extra cost that can incur during those three sprint races. So here's is it per race. That, no, that, no, no. It's not that, per that race. It's just gotcha. a pool of money for those three. So races. it's half a million dollars to cover the cost of all three, three races. Yes. Okay. Plus okay. doesn't seem like a lot. Plus, yeah. Plus, plus the the, the raising of the cost cap. I have to say that slowly because I always get confused. Cast cop. Cast cop. <laughs> you see, you messed me up. The cost cap. Uh, so they have more money to work with within their own budget. I thought it was a million and a half because, you know, half a million for all three races. I, I had to remember reread what you were talking about. Yeah, no, but like, it's, it's for all three races. 
So it's only half so, a million dollars together. Well, a million essentially all together. A million essentially all together. Yes, half exactly. a million given by F1 and also the cost cap has been yes. raised by half a million. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So my opinion from early changes. So, Earlier I would say, oh, this is like a major change. No, it's not that much money to. It's not going to. So this is replacing. It's a 100 kilometer race. Is it replacing qualifying? No. Qualifying will happen on Saturday. No, I'm sorry. On Friday instead of Saturday. So there'll be practice one. Then a qualifying session, which will set the grid for the sprint, sprint race. race. There you go. And then the results of the sprint race will set the grid for the for Sunday race. The Sunday race. And points are awarded. Points are awarded. I, I, don't, I, I don't think they've, they've finalized, finalized the it, yeah. but what they were talking about was they got half the points. And it's only the top eight teams, I believe. So the top ten? Yeah. Top eight, not top ten. I think it's top eight. Complicated. Mm. It has to be complicated. All the things have to, everything has to be looked at, every angle, blah, 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 blah. But. Yeah, there's still some things that have to be ironed out, but it seems like that's what they're moving towards. And it will be at Monza, Silver, yeah. Silverstone. No, and, Silverstone, Monza, and, Inter and Interlagos. Sorry, you're right. So, but that's not what they have in common. So what what do they have in common? I'm sorry. You asked that question. He asked, Yancey, before we started recording, asked the question, what do Silverstone, Monza, and Interlagos have in common? So think about why is it that they're going to do it at these venues? Those are nice, big, overtake-style tracks. Boom. Yeah. So if this is going to work, obviously, you're going to have to have the opportunities to overtake and make it fun for the fans. Because at the end of the day, this is just so they can shake up the grid. Even though we've talked about this before, it doesn't really seem like it will shake up the grid, just the way the format is. <sighs> it could, but not really, because the top teams are still going to... There's the no top. reverse grid, so yeah, it's, 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 for, for it's, it's going to be the top teams you know, going through and getting the points, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what you do have a chance is some teams moving up the field if you can tune the car differently or set up the car differently. So you have a chance of overtaking so that you're not limited like a Monaco or or a you know Alba Park before where you couldn't really overtake. So but there are certain teams, and I'm gonna use the name from last year, like Racing Point, for example, they were tuned much better for the race pace than they were for qualifying pace. So I feel like that's gonna hurt teams that are set up in that direction, we'll call it. But it should mean? be a So the primary setup for Racing Point from last year was was so that they can do well over the course of the race, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a guy, for example, Sergio Perez, who's great on his tires, who maximized the time on the track during the race and not maybe not so much over qualifying over one lap, you tend to you focus more on reliability. You don't focus so much on let me get the most out of that car for my one lap section or for my 100 kilometers Whatever. You're focused more on the length of... This race. Yeah, exactly. So... As opposed to a Mercedes, which is usually tuned to do better in qualifying so they can be ahead. And being clean air. And being clean air. There are other teams that they know that they can't qualify high up, so mm -hmm. they toot their, they set up their car so they can run have a better race pace, meaning better times overall over a certain amount of laps instead of just that one lap pace. Yeah, so... I'm excited for it. I'm just very nervous in the sense that there are precious few tracks, like Yancey alluded to, that would allow for good sprint races, not just this year, but going forward. So um, they've made some changes to some of the aero coming into this year that has already played a part in, in last year's, uh, last week's race or two weeks ago's race to allow for better overtaking, better following, et cetera. We haven't seen how it plays out over the course of the full season. So I'm I'm concerned on is it actually better? Did they break a couple of things? It, and the sprint races it, it, I don't know. To me, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. But I think this is why they're doing it. It's a trial basically. I mean, if it works, if this format works, you can see it expanding. But the only reason they haven't I mean, they have tried things before to change up the weekend format, but it hasn't been as extensive as it is now. They're doing it at three races. They have the, they're going to have the data of three races and the results of three races to see if it works or not. Usually 
when F1 makes a change, usually they make that change for one season or let's, let's say the 2017 rules. Let's, let's go with the, the arrow rules where they made the, the cars wider, longer, the wheels bigger. They wanted to make these cars uh, faster, but it, it just wound up, yeah, they're faster but per lap, but you can't overtake. Yeah. So this is a way for F1 or FOM to get data to see if this format works so they can expand. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, but if it does, there's no guessing game as if if it was going to work or not. Because all we're doing, all we've been doing in the past is dealing with hypotheticals and saying, oh, this is going to work or this might not work. Or, you know, we don't really know if it's going to work or not because we haven't tried it on, on, on we haven't tried it physically. Yeah. And the only way to get actual physical, tangible results is to actually try it, especially, and you can't really do that in this age because yeah. obviously there's cost involved in running a mm -hmm. car. You're, most of the testing is not even done in the car like it used to be before. It's done through CFD, fluid, was right. computer, fluid, fluid dynamics, dynamic. which is basically, yeah. you know, and what teams are doing now in testing is making, making sure that their data in the computer matches the on-track data because the on-track data is so precious because it's very limited. Right, so what's been a big factor, and, and specifically in Bahrain, the last couple of times they've been there, crosswinds, right? So when you talk about the computational fluid dynamics and all that mm -hmm. data, you're literally, you're in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So everything is perfect, ideal, like, okay, everything's going to work and it's going to be nice, but then you don't have a crosswind. You don't mm -hmm. have cars that you're following or, or cars, cars that are right next, right to, next you. to you. behind. Like, it's, yeah, it's... Um, or a broken wing or something, you know, it's a trial, but it, it's something that I, I'm happy that they're doing it. I don't, again, this is my opinion. I don't think it's going to shake up the field, but we never know until we try it. And that's what we got to do. We got to try it. No, that's, try it. that's the best way to try it. They're trying it in three tracks. They're not yes. doing like, it's not like a, like a new rule that you're putting across the board. Like, no, but we haven't tried it. No. Right. And that tracks that. Promote overtaking, yep. and at the end of the day, we want to be entertained, Aren't and this is what it's going to do. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Guys, I got to tell you, I was so hyped up because of race week, I forgot to even do my normal. The, the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Guys, make sure to follow us across, well, Hit, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm going to bring up the, the graphic here. He's Hold on. Right? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher. Obviously, we're on YouTube. Hello. Uh, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram. It's the same handle. We're very active. Want to make sure you guys say hi, drop a, a, a comment or a like or subscribe or follow us. Um, and make sure, obviously, to smash the like button for the uh, YouTube algorithm. Well, so before you proceed, I think, he, I think he stumbled at the beginning, right? Well, I think he did good. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, Wollens. Yes. <laughs> all Google, uh, I'm sorry. There all podcast <laughs> platforms. You guys are screwing me up here. We're on all podcast platforms. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, drop a review, etc. So, sorry. We were all juiced <laughs> up with that beginning. Okay, so that's Sprint Races. I wanted to talk about actually let's let's jump forward because we did kind of touch base on something um, that's been happening in Australia, the Albert Park track, which has, except for this year and last year, has traditionally been, in I guess in modern F1 times, the start of the F1 season. Um, they're making some changes. Yes. Yes. So, yes. what it seems to me is that they're widening out a lot of uh, a, a number of corners actually going through the track it's turn one into two turn three is being widened out turn six and seven being widened out turns eight nine ten they're eliminating a chicane and turn what is that 13 and going into 14 widening it out as well and 15 going into 16 that's a lot of work additional space additional work they're supposed to be dropping the qualifying time by five seconds over the course of the lap or of Worth a fast lap. It. Yeah. So, and adding like another DRS on too. And adding another DRS. So, to me, all this says is that we need to make accommodations for these new cars. We need to make sure that the tracks work because Albert Park in particular 
It was the start of the race, the start of the season. And everyone's hyped up for it. it. Nobody really cares. Oh my God, Formula One is back. Nobody cares that it's been a boring race the last couple of years. Yeah, it, it's only exciting. Of the hype. If you're, it's only exciting if you're one. It's well, it's exciting for two reasons. One, uh, one is because of the hype. Obviously, we so haven't had racing fever. for two, three months. We we want to see cars on track. You know, everybody's going to be watching. But second, it's only fun for those. You know, strategy heads, the ones that pay attention to strategy and overcuts and undercuts. Are you talking crap? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> God, these guys are so sensitive. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that those who enjoy it, it's only fun for them, but it's not fun for the casual fan that tunes into the beginning of the, re the season just because they watch Drive to Survive and they want to watch that dramatized action. You're not going to get the full action, but if you can get some overtakes in an exciting race, I think that'll keep people watching, especially the first race of the season. Meaning more people are going to watch and more people are going to pay attention now. I think the event itself, the way they, they bring it up, I would say, like I said, we're hyped because it's the first, first race. But, you know, all the other things they have, like they had the, the, the drivers arrive by boat one night, one time, and they were getting off the boat with all the teams, yes. like, all the spectacle like mm -hmm. that. I would like to see that one day, all of that. Stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But imagine that accompanied by great racing. So Daniel Ricardo was actually a consultant for uh, yes, sir. the yeah, for, <laughs> the, for the track yeah, for the track layout as uh, Daniel Tilka yeah <laughs> as the uh, I guess what is it the the, uh, the only Australian driver right now and uh, obviously he's very successful in his own right but uh, to quote uh, the story he said widening some of the apexes creating more of a street in some places to allow for an opportunity should allow for an opportunity for more strip slip streaming. That was the priority. I'm very confident that it's going to be good. Every circuit is a challenge, but Alba park is pretty fast, which only adds to that. There's a lot of fourth and fifth gear corners and it's pretty narrow at certain parts. It's been somewhere that's been hard to overtake because of that width and because it's so fast. So it just ties into what we were talking about before where yeah, in a perfect world, these cars, They do their thing, but they end up getting stuck in processions behind other cars, next to other cars. It's a parade. This will hopefully help that track in particular. So I think that uh, I that's a great thing. What other, what other tracks would you like to see um, improved? I'm going to start by, I think that they should just nuke from space uh, Barcelona. Just get rid of it. <laughs> Restart the whole thing. They don't have to. Because all they got to do is change one thing in Barcelona. What are they going to change? Take out the damn last chicane. Yeah. That's that all they got to do. Better. Because that track is not bad. If you look at the layout of that track, it's very flowy. It is. It's wide enough. It just They took out the chicane and then it slows the cars down. So going into turn one, you can't get any overtake because the cars are not close enough. That's all they got to do. Barcelona's a great city. Well, yeah. Long F1 history. Yeah, yeah. Why? Russia should get some type of treatment. It's yeah. too many 90s. It is like the typical Herman Tilke special. Too many 90s there. Yeah, but and what's crazy with, yeah. I mean, and what's crazy is that Herman Tilke does have a few good tracks. Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Was how many tracks can you, you know, design without having yeah. some of the same? And and I don't get it's it. It's still racing. Coda. Coda's great. Beautiful track. Yeah. Coda, but I think Coda promotes good racing also. It's wide enough. I think Gosh. the only issues that they had with Coda past few years is that it's been very bumpy yeah, yeah. which is normal for an american track like an indie car but yes. not normal for f1 standards now another thing is with this new track in albert park would i crash to wellington again like <laughs> in the video game yeah yeah you would at a faster rate too because you're okay, going there faster. You go. that, that, yeah. that's, that's even better that promotes better yeah. racing yeah exactly <laughs> i mean yeah you'll split its car in half uh, in the virtual i'm world. still bitter <laughs> Still better. Okay. Any any further uh, talk about Albert Albert Park? It's just going to be a wait and see, obviously, until whenever they go back there and actually have. Well, a they're going to go back there at the end of the season. This season. yeah, they're thinking so about we'll, we this will see it at November. the end of the season. The changes will be made by November, and that's when we're getting the Australian Grand Prix. Can't wait. If those changes will be made, like in a track in the US, it will take two years to. Them. <laughs> How slow we're moving construction. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's taking a couple of months to do it. <laughs> Here, probably be still in, in, in blueprints. <laughs> Go ahead, Wellington. 
<laughs> willing to just get stabbed. Oh, no, because I'm in awesome. construction, so it's like, ah, oh, how could this guy possibly say this? <laughs> it's it's the owner. They keep I, changing I think their he's, mind. He's like them because he knows it's true. I just been shot through my um, <laughs> Let's keep. <laughs> uh, let's keep with the uh, the track, I guess, since we're we're talking about it. Miami, back in the picture. Um, I'm ready. Where's Will Smith? Uh, come to the beat. Throw whatever the song. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido. a mí. I don't even know. Goes. <laughs> so know is that how it goes? Yeah. Bienvenido a mí. Wow. All right. So this is being recorded on April 11th. There's supposed to be a vote uh, in the city council or the, the mayor. The mayor. What's his name? Rodney Harris is, mm-hmm. is pushing another vote. Uh, he's, he, he, he was previ- opposed to it. He was opposed before. to it as a councilman, but now as the mayor, he, he wants it. he wants to have the the race itself. Um, there's yeah. a vote coming up this coming Wednesday to see if they it would be allowed. Um, it's really a lot of I guess not in my backyard nimbyism just prevented it from happening in the first place. Uh, it'll feature a track that goes around uh, Dolphin Stadium. So Stephen Ross, the billionaire uh, developer, that's the owner of the team. Uh, is going to be is one of the main proponents of pushing it along. I want to go to Miami, guys. Yes, we've yeah. been wanting to go to Miami. I want to go to Miami. Oh. Even the track, the track layout even changed to go around the the areas that people were complaining yes. that they didn't want. It was like this yeah, way. because they wanted it in the middle, like downtown. So they moved that. Now they're moving into Miami Gardens, which is a city right outside of Miami, where that's where the Hard Rock Stadium is. They still call it the Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, they yeah, always change the Dolphin Stadium. Stuff, whatever. But anyways, where the Dol- Miami Dolphins play. Bienvenido. <laughs> yeah, for example, I think the, <laughs> the new changes to avoid 199th Street, I think it's like a major 199th battery. Street, yeah. So. so there's no traffic. You know, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of changes. I just, let's get it approved. There's always been, the, the, the desire is there. They want to make it happen. This, is, this seems like one of those changes where um, uh, because of COVID, things are people are government is rethinking things. Yeah, just like they're legalizing marijuana here in we New York need money. because That's they need money. Yeah, we need money. So the economic impact will probably work very well. Uh, you know, out of out of the, out of country tourists or yes. international tourism, uh, the economic impact you get more jobs, et cetera, et cetera. It'll all work out well. People need money. This Cash be- is king. And obviously, we as American Formula One fans would definitely like a trip to Miami. This needs to happen already. That's it. Like, yeah. There's so much to talk about and stuff like that. Come on, just make it happen so we could go to Miami. And with the success of Drive to Survive, yes, you have more casual fans joining the fray. And if you get a race in one of the most Tours? popular cities... And one of the most popular vacation spots in the United States. In the world. Which People is come Miami. All, all from all over the world to go to Miami. Yes. Which is crazy to me. Why? Why wouldn't you do that? I think it'll be great. So I got another one. Look, look at the picture again. By them changing the tracks, so they're not going to be by the marina like they originally wanted to be and stuff like that? No. That's I mean, been, the picture No, that's been changed. That's been changed forever. Right? And that track layout kind of sucked. Actually... Oh, because it was like two big straights. Yeah, it was two big straights. It looked it, it, it looked like uh, almost like Vietnam, like the way they were, gotcha. were proposing Vietnam. I wonder if we were ever going to get that anyways. No, that ain't Probably not. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but the, the track looks like it's a lot of fun, to be honest with you. The, 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 track, the new track layout. The new track layout. So we'll see. Um, yeah. There's a lot of cool spots there. We're going. You got the S's. You got like a turn, like a turkey turn eight. There. So, all right, I have, a, I have a question for you guys, right? So, potential new track in Miami, right? We have these tracks coming back. We have, we want to put in, obviously, Portugal, Imola. We want to make sure that their mainstays. Turkey was awesome. What tracks are not going to be on the calendar any longer? Or are we just going to keep extending the schedule? Jeez. Well, they think that you can do a max 25 races. That's what that's what's in the agreement, in the Concord Agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what Liberty has wanted to do since they took over. Since they took over, can they do it? I don't know. We're having twenty three races this year. Um, and we just had a three. We would have had another race either this week or last week with China, but right. that was pushed off. Right. I mean, there's there's some tracks you can get rid of. I mean, Which you don't got to change Barcelona. You could just get rid of it. Damn. <laughs> what else? Um, I don't know, man. You're not gonna get rid of Monaco, no. even though I like. 
I like the Monaco Grand Prix. No. You're not going to get great racing, Let's but you're not, not going to get rid of that one. You can't get rid of money. You could get, get rid of Russia. That's racist. That's money. Yeah. Money, there's money there. I mean, there's always a, there's always reasons. They added Saudi Arabia. That's going to be there for yeah, another five gonna years. That's going to be there for at least another five, ten yeah. years. You also have, uh, they also added um, the Netherlands. Zandvoort. Zandvoort. They brought it back. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't know. know, man. It's just, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens as far or as. Maybe they, or maybe they do it as uh, what they were talking about before, where they Alternate. have two or two or three races that are just. Alternating. That alternate, yeah. <laughs> just because we, we don't have Hockenheim anymore. So. And yeah, there's always talks of an, another German Grand Prix coming back. Yeah. So that's going to be another one in the battlefield to, to get on the schedule. Mm -hmm. So what are we, um, I mean, lose Coda? No, we get in Miami. No, no but no, I'm saying why? Why would no? Because you, it's this is. It has to do with money. So what? Uh, yeah, but the tracks are not performing. They're going out. Yeah, but Coda's been doing well the past few years before. Obviously, all this stuff happens, and the the key is, I think, the goal was to grow Formula One here in the states. Yeah. So yeah. and but the only the only way you would do that is if you could peak enough interest for two or two races, and you add more races to this side of the world, which is a big market for Formula it is. One. And it's growing. Growing market. Yeah, it's a growing market. Which you want to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so those are our thoughts there. One story that we kind of talked about, it came out last week, but we talked about it kind of on the side in our, our group chat here. Red Bull, Red Bull's team principal, team owner, whatever, whatever you want to call him, Helmut Marco is saying that the differ, differential issue that Max Verstappen was complaining about during the start of the race of uh, at Bahrain cost him three tenths of a second per lap. Three tenths of a second. Mm -hmm. He's saying that it's something that Red Bull as a team struggled with all weekend and that it could have made a, a difference as far as their results at the end of the at the end of the weekend. Ruben, what do you think of Mr. Marco's the Dr. Marco's claims? We'll see next weekend if the freaking pace is back up because I don't think so. I think Paris showed that he, you know, he made a lot of time. Is that just an excuse for not just, you know, being able to pass him? Definitely. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird that he said that, you know, like, where, I don't know. He should have just come out right after the race with it. Well, I think it's true. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's not even let's not even look at the first race. Let's look let's look at last year when Max was able to get ahead of the Mercedes. Mm -hmm. He will pull away. Yeah the 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 issue that we have now in F one is when a car gets ahead, they're able to pull these crazy gaps in front because they have the clean air. Yeah, because they have the clean air, and then the other issue is that when a car is right behind the car, they can't really follow up, which is what they're trying to mitigate. With the changes. With the changes upcoming this upcoming next year. So when Max could get ahead of the Mercedes, he would pull away. What's there's there's not there's not much of a difference in the arrow. Obviously, the floor makes a difference, and the and the floor changes impacted more Mercedes than Red Bull. So if it impacted more Mercedes, that means that the Red that the that the Mercedes could be falling back, and Red Bull on top of that they have an advantage with the floor. And on top of that, that they have an advantage that they're ahead. They were ahead. They could have pulled in f further out. Now, Max was complaining since the beginning of the race, and it was a complaint that they had throughout the entire weekend that they had an issue with the differential, meaning the way the, the, the wheel rotates around the corner. They couldn't get that right. So it could slow you down. And if you notice, for example, for any new fans coming in, when you see it, if you ever see an onboard camera you see the driver they're messing around with the buttons which is amazing to me that they can do that at 180 miles per hour usually what they're changing on top uh, uh, are the differential settings meaning that the wheel spin that they get throughout the corners they they change it before they change it during and they change it after the corner depending on what corner is coming up so and you add on top of that also the mode that you yeah, want the car to be in. So, so, seven type of so thing all of this stuff. I drink coffee while driving. I spill it all over me. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So all, Just of this, with a so all of this stuff <laughs> is happening within milliseconds. And if you have anything, any little thing go wrong, yes, it could affect your lap time. 
And if the fact that Max was ahead for most of that race and he couldn't pull away, which he's supposed to pull away because obviously he has a better package and you can't, and, and, and those cars can't really follow too well. And you look at the cars before and Mercedes has done this for the past seven years. They get ahead. They're meant to qualify ahead. They get ahead and they just fly away. Right. And and then and then anytime they get behind the car, they can't. It's hard for them to get past. You have to have, be an exceptional driver, a la Lewis Hamilton. And you look at Botas, who can't overtake because he's having trouble with it. But Hamilton is a just is just a way better driver. I believe it. I think that's true. I think that does make it does make a difference. What do you think, Ross? What uh, I I don't know. I. I think he's playing up exactly what happened. I'm going to read the quote here. In sector one, we lost drastically up to three tenths per lap. The same was the case with Perez, by the way. Not only was there less grip, but the rear wheels were spinning and the tires were getting hot. So it's like, okay, yeah, we had this problem. And not only did it happen with Max, it happened with uh, Sergio Perez. And we were the best car, but then all this other stuff happened. Yeah, it's like, you know, I would I would have been you know, king of the world if all this crap didn't happen. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, if you're really the best car on track, prove it. No matter, you you say you have the best car on track, you say you currently have the best driver on the track, prove it. And then just, don't just be like, oh yeah, and Paris too. Like, it, it affected us in, in all aspects. No, no, dude, like, So come what on. you're saying it was just an excuse instead of actually. I think it's just an excuse. Not a, it's an excuse and not a reason. It's an excuse and not a reason, and it's like, oh, it's it's like Ruben said, it was way after the fact that this came out. It didn't ha it didn't come out immediately after the race. It wasn't like a few days, but beyond that, um, as you mentioned, there were some aerodynamic changes to the cars. It's yes, maybe he could have gotten a, a bit of a gap uh, with Hamilton, but maybe that the design intent of the changes to the aero prevented such a huge gap and prevented the dirty air from being such a major problem for a car following. But here's where here's where I will digress and, and maybe seed a little bit. Okay, he lost some time due to the differential. Whatever the amount of time, it couldn't have been three-tenths of... That, that's ridiculous, Maybe right? that's a bit of an exaggeration. I agree with you there. Right? It's that's a bit kind of an crazy. exaggeration, but I, he did lose time. But beyond that... So add those two things together, right? The differential issue and then Hamilton 29 times uh, exceeding the track limits. What does that mean for us going forward? That means that Red Bull's car is extremely, extremely competitive mm -hmm. and that hopefully if their reliability is on point, if Max's head stays on straight, if Sergio Perez's head stays on straight, that will be okay. Also, if Christian Horner's head uh, stays on straight and they make the right strategy calls, we'll have a great season. But they're up against a machine in Mercedes that has done it right and continues to do it right and puts pressure on other teams to stay crap like this. Like, oh, we're we're the best car, but you know all this stuff happened that so what do you, you didn't about, know about. So what do you think? I think it was Hamilton or Toto. I think Wolf Mercedes doesn't, doesn't show. No Mer Mer they said that in order for them, and this is coming from the Mercedes team. In order for them, and I saw this headline, in order for them to beat Red Bull, they have to be near perfect. That's how much they think. Is this, is this all hogwash on Mercedes then? Um, we've heard this, I feel like, every year from Total exactly. Wolf. We've heard this every <laughs> single a, year. So a, he said the perfect one to play. Yeah, to play down his ability. So exactly. it's like Eeyore and freaking Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, uh, woe is me. The cloud over my head. And then he just, oh, they overproduced. They did not have oh the best, God. they did not have the best car on track in, what was that, 2018 or 19 when Ferrari just was so good with their, what we call the cheating engine. I think mm -hmm. you've given Ferrari too much credit that year. But whatever. Go Vettel, ahead. Was so, ahead. Vettel was ahead in the standings. Uh, you're right. You're right. But the, the team is not, I mean, that, I think that championship was won on the strength of the team, and obviously the Ferrari team is not as strong as the Mercedes team. doesn't matter if you have a good car. That's what I think Mercedes does have. Honestly, they have, yeah. they have, they have the team. Like you said, the whole, and the whole they have the capability. I disagree, dude. They were so competitive up until Vettel spun out in, uh, what was it? No, Hockenheim, in, in his own home race, and then it was over. Up until that point, it was nip and tuck the whole way. Yeah, and the team collapsed after that. 
But I, I, be, I, but that's the point. Mm -hmm. Mercedes is not going to collapse. No matter how good that Red Bull car is, they have to continue. They can't pull the Merce uh, the Ferrari from that year. They can't be mentally weak. They have to continue to strive to do better. Whereas Mercedes, they won't fold in on themselves. They'll just continue. No. To, it's like the T one thousand running after uh, the car when when Terminator's trying to escape, and he's like running. <laughs> yeah, right. And then like the car, the, the arms turns into the hooks. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's a, a great. Movie scene and a great Simpsons. Unless, on top of <laughs> unless, unless Drive to Survive is recording Mercedes. That's when everything goes. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, they're <laughs> not allowed in the back end. At their home At race. At their home <laughs> race. But yeah, I, listen. It remains to be seen because there's only one race. I, from what it looks like, and again, there's only one race. It seems that throughout the hybrid era, Red Bull is poised to give Mercedes their best challenge. Previously it was Ferrari in 2017 and 2018. After one race. But this is only one race. Yes. Mm -hmm. It After seems like Red, Red Bull is poised to give Mercedes their best challenge to the championship. But it's like Wellington said, you got to stay poised. You got to stay level-headed. And you got to execute. That's the thing that they have to do. The Excellence most of execution. Don't. Execute. I think Mercedes does that. Flawless. If I mean, you, it happens. Then not just Mercedes, but if, also Hamilton. If you're gonna yes. beat, excellence of execution. If you're gonna beat Mercedes, <laughs> you have to be the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. That's Woo. that's the kind of Woo. execution that you have to have in order to beat this team. Did you say that because of WrestleMania this weekend? Actually, yeah, my bunny. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys know I'm a wrestler. Yeah, that's why I went woo, woo. <laughs> right. So there's a couple. Obviously, the, the arrow change now. Now, um, what is it? The uh, the low rate concept. Yes, the well, lower lower versus high rig. Now, yeah, so many things are now stacked against Mercedes. Mm -hmm. We're gonna see how good of a team that is. This is going to be a good season. That's the hype. And lastly, lastly, as are far gonna, as news goes. Are they going to crumble? No, I, I don't think that they will, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, lastly, as far as news goes, the Hulkenback is completely official now as Nico Hulkenberg has signed a deal with uh, Aston Martin to be the uh, reserve driver behind um, Sebastian Vettel and um, Lance Stroll. Should throw a clap for that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got a letter button too. <laughs> <laughs> That's your boy, bro. You should be more excited about it. No, no, I am. I mean, yeah, he yeah. was the, the reserve driver last year, and he showed that he could be the. Technically, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't until they needed him. Until mm -hmm. they, <laughs> so yeah. he only got signed on the, when they needed him. Yeah, he was eating tres leche. He was good. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Or he was watching us. Oh, he's, well, he, we was, were, no, yes. he couldn't watch he, us. No, he well, was watching us. But again, yeah. last year he was eating tres leches. Yes. I think a week ago, week and a half ago, he was he was like, you know, working like in a farm, and he's back to F one. Look at that, how, how your life could change. He was working in a farm too. Yeah, he posted a, uh, like a picture of himself on um, on his Instagram, like in the tractor, like you know how you how do you call them the when you're trying to work the dirt on the farm that you're trying to move it plow. Around. It's not a plow. You're tilling it. Yeah, it's like pretty much like, like a tiller. A tiller. Yeah, it's oh. like a but the ones like that that creates the, the path <laughs> for the water and all that stuff. Whatever. He was clearly wait. Ruben went to agricultural school and didn't hell pass. no. <laughs> 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 okay, my bad. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so look, we does this really? How often do you see Formula One? reserve drivers get on track last year aside obviously due to the conditions that we had with uh, the whole covid thing well covid is still around so i think uh, it, it could be a good chance i mean you've had various f1 drivers get the virus uh either during the, the season, season yeah. you, you had perez and hamilton last year and stroll last year then you had norris and leclerc and um during the off season during the, the off season yeah. So it's a possibility you're you're moving around. You have new variants, and so it's it's possible. And I think he's going to be the reserve driver not only for Mercedes, but also for for Aston Martin. Also, so they have one driver who's experienced that can 
you know, knows so those you So they won't use Russell, if anything? No, I don't think so. I think they'll probably just use Hulkenberg. You imagine Hulkenberg gets in a Mercedes. Dude, whoa. So what do you guys think? Podium! The conspiracy theories are podium. going for me. Okay, both of us. <laughs> do you think that this is kind of yeah. like a foot in the door for potentially next year if Sebastian Vettel doesn't continues to uh, disappoint? Wow, that's a tough I one. think that's a bit too early to tell, and especially since Aston Martin is banking so much. If so you're heavily. asking that question, do you do, do do you have any doubts in Seb will not come through this year? It's the uh, I don't know. Uh, like you said, it's too early to tell. But it's the the type of car that he's not a fan of driving. Uh, the the setup it's it's got a we'll yeah. call it a loose rear end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we can call it that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I, I he'll get his head on straight because it's hopefully he'll get his head on straight because it's a different team, different mentality, different everything. Hopefully, everything comes around. What do you for think, him. Ruben? You think he can take over Vettel's spot? Hell no. I mean, maybe. Hopefully, last week was an eye opener for Vettel. Maybe. Hey, my head's still not hundred percent in the game. I need to get it back in the game because if not, I'm gonna get canned. <laughs> That's it. And I got this guy, you know, that was last year, eating the legs off his couch, came in, was pushing the car, you know, to the car. Has, you could say maybe, you know, maybe Paris was pushing it to the heart. Then we get, you know, mm-hmm. he also, he's back to my, you know, in my shadow now. And he, he's, he has shown that he's a great driver. He, he was driving Attila last week. He's back in F1. So I could go back to, I could go, <laughs> go, could go do an intern yeah, in, a, in, a, in a farm again. I think I hope Vettel comes through, man. I hope so too. Yeah. Okay. Um let's jump into our race preview for uh the Emilia Romagna uh Grand Prix out in Imola, just like last year. So this is this is a, a bit of a weird setup because it was so much later in the season last year than mm-hmm. where it is now. Uh last With the year, weather too, right? Yeah, exactly. So last year it was in November that the race happened, and this year it's happening now in April, so Spring. weather-wise, it's going to be interesting. Better. Yeah, uh, the cars aren't as developed. Uh, so, like last year, Daniel Ricciardo—that's when he got a podium, but that's because the Renault was over the course of the year developed so much that you know they were able to show out. So now it's going to be more of a show of where the cars still currently are at the beginning of the season, whereas it was last year it was more a development thing. So, so different challenges. Different challenges. So let's jump into our good trivia. Our dear friend Ruben is going to lead us with uh, a couple of questions. Yancy, I'm going to say, is leading 2-0 on me over the... Should have been three. No, no. It should have been should have been two. Oh, I'm giving you the oh, one. Oh, you're giving me the one. Oh, yes. I'm giving you the one, so oh, you're yeah, up 2-0. Right. Yeah, why yes. why okay. did you get to decide that? Because... I'm the one with the trivia. Mm, I should have decided that. And mm, I said no. Yeah. Because you're a hater. I know. Okay. <laughs> so trivia time. Let's do it. Ready? Let's go. Okay, so gotta, let's go with a, what I believe an easy question. <laughs> How many times has this track hosted the Italian Grand Prix? That has been named the Italian Grand Prix. Dude, is this like a multiple choice? Man? Dude, How is this, gonna, is this, an, this an easy one? That's an easy yeah, one. I know, right. So, Come on. Get. Hold, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's, let's. How many times? How many times? Do I we was... get it right if we get clo- if we come close? You know what? Since, since you guys are keeping tally of the points, if you come close by less than two years, I'll give it to you. Okay. I'm going to say that it was a good 16 years. <laughs> uh, no pressure, Yancy. 27? <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? It has only held the Italian Grand Prix once. Oh, my God. Yeah. In that, 1980. That's a trick question. Right, because this is not this the is Italian Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <sighs> oh, you are sneaky. I should get points for being closest. Damn, by that much. Hold on, but yeah, what is this? is not Price is Right. Closest without being, well, I was over, so. Okay. Well, but how many times did it, you know? How many Once. Times? Once. You just how about it. the San Marino Grand Prix? No, I didn't have that much for okay. that. That was not part of the trivia. Right. That's not part of my trivia. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Next question. Question. So I got to, this one might be, you guys probably didn't pay attention to this, but uh, what was, so significant about the Emilia Romana GP 
as he was called actually last year. What was so significant about that Grand Prix? What do you mean so significant? Like if he served a, a mark. I know what it was. That it was the it was the um one thousandth Grand Prix for Ferrari. Nope. But I gave you some Wait. It, it was a number. <laughs> the number was close. <laughs> Go ahead, Yance. That wasn't it? Okay. That was not it. Wow. Uh, repeat the question. What was so significant about the Emilia Romana Grand Prix? That's how it was called last year, obviously. So what was so significant yeah. about that Grand Prix taking place? About that Grand Prix yes. taking place. It wasn't because it was Ferrari's 1,000th race? No. It was Ferrari's 1,000th at Monza. Oh. It, it happened to hit that time in the calendar. It was when, That Monza was Ferrari's 1,000th Grand Prix overall. Okay. That's the reason why I gave you the applause was that you were so close oh. with the answer. Okay. So it is... Remember, Ferrari's... Ferrari's... Seventieth no. year? What? What? That's <laughs> <laughs> so dismissive. <laughs> he just like get out of here. Like, get out of here. You don't know nothing. <laughs> it was actually uh, Italy's hundredth Grand Prix. That's the reason why when he started with the numbers, like, oh shit, he got it. I don't know. <laughs> Italy, like, so, so in the, the country of Italy, yes. it's hosted now one hundred Grand Prix. Yes. <sighs> Dude, how would I have got? Okay, whatever. But it's, it was, you know, it was part of last year. It's it was trivia, they, they, though. They actually pushed that heavily last year. You sure? Yeah. I don't know, bro. Okay, all right. The next question. Last I got, an, question. I got another easy one. Easy, another easy one. What was the first easy one? Yeah, for real, bro. You need this to one should be pretty like easy. Go choices, ahead. bro. Name the driver that has a corner at you know Imola. Name after himself. After himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. In Imola, that should be the uh, the Senna turns. That's not there. No, Senna's in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> Oh, in Canada too. Senna Canada turns. Senna S is also. Senna turns. The, yeah. the turn one and two. Yes. Wait, wait. that's not the one. Oh, man. Damn it. And I should know this. You should. Yeah. Oh, man. I just saw what the answer was. <sighs> is it, are you going to let him? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, not going to tell him. No, I thought you were going to let him see it because oh. the, the laptop is probably maybe towards him a little bit. Tam- Tam- Tamborello? No. No. Wait, wait, wait. Give him the sad. Okay. The sad trombone. <laughs> it's a Villeneuve. Yep. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which turn? Oh, I, I just had it. I just know. Which turn? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I just got excited for the question. Like, Five and six. Five and six. Oh. I just saw like the, the, that question. Oh, man. They're not going to know this. That would. Yeah, you're right. Damn it. We should know that. That's so, because we haven't. We've only seen a race one time. Wow. Come on. I know Tamborello. But, uh, but that's so that's it. all three questions. I got another one that I I the thought bonus. was like the hard one. The we got bonus. a bonus. So, so, we, so do we got a point for this one though? Yeah, if you got oh, it right. you gotta you gotta hit the little DJ thing for the bonus uh, extra question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> all right, so it's a serious question, by the way. I'm sorry. It's serious. Okay. Sorry. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So in 1994. Was the tragic death of Arton Senna, you yes. know, at this track? Mm-hmm. Can you name the driver that was that also passed away in the same weekend during an accident qualifying? Ding 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 ding. ding. R- 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 Roland Ratzenberg. Yeah. So that that's was a, that's a pretty easy question. What? I thought that would have been hard. No, that's an easy question. Uh, my turn. Roland Ratzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. We should. We need like a bell. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah. No, that was good though. When you when you tap. Yeah. It. No, but that's a pretty easy question because that is a a weekend that if you're a Formula One fan, that you're never gonna forget because yeah. um, unfortunately that uh that weekend in 1994, one Rubens Barrichello had a huge crash yep. on a Friday, uh, which was almost deadly. Yes. Then you had Roland Ratzenberger, which he was in a like uh, it was a it was a car. I don't I don't know what team it was, but it was sponsored by MTV, mm-hmm. and that was a really nasty crash where um, crashed so bad that you could actually like it. Part of the monocoque came off, so you can see through the car. Um, and he unfortunately passed away, and then um, Ayrton Senna going through Tamborello. Uh, I think it was Tamborello. Um, well, yeah, where I, I think it was. It was concluded that it might might have been Temporal his drive corner his, on lap seven. Yeah, yeah uh, that his drive his drive shaft uh, broke, so he went straight into the wall. And yeah, so it's it's um 
it's a it's a memorable weekend, not in a good way, very infamous weekend uh, that a lot of fans will never forget. And obviously, if you guys um, get a chance to watch the Senate documentary, I think it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, obviously, a, a, a great documentary based on the life of Ayrton Senna uh, and how good he was and he was in a humanitarian, how well respected he was and how much he was loved in Brazil. Um, and it also tells, obviously, the story of of when that fateful day happened uh, for any F1 fan that is a must see yep okay so race history lead us off uh, the historian the historian I want to get him one of those like old school wigs with the powder the powder white yeah, yeah. Powder. <laughs> those English wigs <laughs> we could probably do an emoji of it <laughs> All right, so this track was inaugurated in 1953. The first race was a motorcycle race. Uh, the first F1 race held there was in 1963, and it was won by Jim Clark and a Lotus. Uh, it became a permanent track in 1980, though. So I guess it just it's also you know it's been shifting back and forth. Uh, the most successful driver has been Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Most successful team here. It's actually two teams: Williams and Ferrari. A victory apiece. And then most successful uh, engine manufacturer is a tie also between Ferrari and Renault. Eight victories, followed by Honda with four. Does that when Renault was with um with uh with Williams? Don't know. I didn't read into that. Yeah. But it probably was then. Probably was then, yeah. Mm, I don't not all of them though, because I think mm -hmm. uh also in this track was Williams' first win with BMW. Oh, okay. So one of those eight had to be at least BMW. I think it was more than it was. Hmm? Nice. It's a very obviously we already spoke about it's a very narrow circuit. We're probably not gonna see that many overtakes here, but But should. it is fast. Yeah. And we also mentioned earlier that you know it was held the tragic death of Ayrton Senna in 1984. Oh, yeah. So uh, just more recent history. Obviously, it came back last year because of the, I guess the global, I, I guess the global global pandemic that was going on. Uh, a lot of holes were created in the calendar, and they brought back obviously Portugal. They brought back uh, Mugello, uh, Turkey, etc. And this was one of the tracks that were brought back last year. It was towards the end of the year. Uh, as far as what happened as far as podium, Hamilton was first, Valtteri Bottas second, Daniel Ricciardo third, Daniel Kvyat fourth, Leclerc fifth, and uh, Sergio Perez sixth. I could keep going, but um, what ended up happening, actually, I could bring was up. This, was this the race about the tattoo, or there was this was the second podium they got? This this was the uh, tattoo. There was a tattoo. Okay. Yeah. That we still haven't gotten yet. Yeah. Right, right. So I'm going to... See if this hopefully works. It's an overlay of the track map. You could see it's a very fast and flowy map. Um, it goes, what is that, counterclockwise, uh, leads into a chicane. And it, it's just a fast track which benefited um, Renault last year as a team because they started they started going in, in as far as straights, they were like insane last year, at towards the end of last year. And that's what ended up with uh, Daniel Ricardo being the man there. Um, as far as predictions, where do we see this thing headed? Knowing that we didn't really get a lot of data just off of the one race. And I feel like it's been months since Bahrain too as well. Yeah, yeah. It's been a month. So qualifying. Where do we where do we anticipate qualifying laying out? I think Max takes it again, qualifying. I think Max definitely gets pulled this follow right by by Ham. Bottas Paris. And fifth, I would say, I don't know, it's like a gamble. I'll go with Sonoda, just because of the hype. <laughs> Car looks quick, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's still thinking. Hamilton. Hamilton. Stopping. I think uh, it's three weeks between races. You don't think Mercedes is going to figure something out? And they weren't far off from, from Red Bull, and they still managed to win the race? <laughs> so Mercedes, Verstappen, and Paris. I'm going. I'm going to say uh, one thing. Right, I don't have the track map for Bahrain to bring it up, but uh, Red Bull was killing Mercedes in sectors two, sector two last last race at Bahrain, and not just Red Bull, Honda in general, the, both the Alphataris and the Red Bulls, right? 
Sector two is in Bahrain. It's a lot of turns. It's that crazy downhill to uphill. That that it's like a dog leg, whatever. Um, I I think that this track lends itself more towards higher end top speed, etc. So I'm going to go back to I guess normal, and I'll say it'll be Hamilton and Bottas as one and two, with with Verstappen as number three, because we don't have those areas where I believe that. Red Bull will be able to pick up speed or pick up time on other Mercedes's. Okay. Fourth, fifth? Fourth, fifth. Qualifying. Um, I think you'll see um I think you'll see the Perez up there. The Perez. Um That's his new name. And then uh, maybe. El Perez. Yeah. We'll we'll start seeing we'll start seeing where stuff really starts to shake out as far as I'm so curious what happens. And we had a video on it on YouTube. Make sure to Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you've seen uh, a video or two. We we had to talk about the midfield and who's really going to be at the top of that midfield. Is it going to be McLaren? Is it going to be Ferrari? Who's improved? Or is it going to be AlphaTauri? Right? So we saw Ferrari much improved last year. I don't know if their engine power will be able to, even though Bahrain's a power track, this is just straight like guns blazing, etc. So... I think we'll see a lot. We'll see either Ricardo or Lando Norris in that. Uh, if I said fourth is Paris, fifth, uh, Ricardo or Norris, with potentially Gasly in the mix. And you're saying Damn. they'll be up there because they have the Mercedes engine. Because they're because they're a good car in general. This is the improvement of the car. Mm-hmm. Because the car itself, because McLaren's aero package itself is good, and now they have a strong. A strong engine, a strong, reliable engine. I, I'm having trouble because last year in, I'm going to bring it up. Last year in Imola, as far as qualifying and the McLarens, they were ninth and 10th, right? Um, not great. Renault fifth with Daniel Ricciardo. So is it that Daniel Ricciardo likes that track? Is it that, that it's just suited to his style of speed? The Renaults were powerful at the end of last year and McLaren had a Renault engine. So well, I these hesitate. Type, these type of tracks um, tend to favor uh, a Renault engine just because it's a uh, Renault. En- the Renault engine is seems to be very good at the Alpine engine now. Uh, I guess. Alpine. Well, no, it's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still a Renault, Renault engine, engine. I guess. Yeah. But they tend to favor tracks where you're a lot on the throttle. Yeah. So it, it seems doesn't. I don't know. I guess their arrows messed up, but it seems like the Renault engine seems to be very good. They just don't, don't have very good reliability. But obviously, that's not the case with the Mercedes engines, which is what we're talking about with with uh, McLaren. And it seems like McLaren has a better overall package. Yes. And it seems that they also have uh, ace up their sleeve with the diffuser. With the that they, you know, I don't know if teams are going to be able to bring an upgrade to put those fins in the middle of the diffuser, like McLaren did. Uh, Andreas Seidel said he was surprised that more teams didn't do that. Um, so we'll see. See how it works out. What do you think as far as the uh, the podium? Oh, podium. Hmm. I think it'll shake out uh, much the same way qualifying will. I think qualifying is going to be super important on this track because it's not a lot of overtaking. So hmm. I don't think you're going to get a lot of action at the front. Maybe in the midfield we're going to get some action because the cars are that much closer together. But it seems to me that Red Bull and Mercedes are just way ahead of the field. And obviously they're they're not as ahead as last year, mm-hmm. but they are pretty ways ahead of the midfield. The action is going to be in the midfield. So you're saying your podium trio is going to be Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Yes. Okay, not, I s- nothing. No, 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 no. I said Hamilton, I said Hamilton, Verstappen and Paris. Okay. I think Paris is going to have a better race. Um not if he doesn't have any issues with the car like he did last race. Ruben, what do you think? I, I don't think that I don't think that um Bottas can beat Perez, man. I don't That'll hold nice Bottas in that see. high regard. He's a good driver, but I mean that it's the Red Bull seems like it's way better than last year. Uh and it's and it and I think that Perez is a better driver than Bottas. Ruben, what do you think? I think it would be Hamilton will take it, even though I don't think he's going to take Paul in qualifying, but Hamilton's going to take it, followed by right, right close to you know, Verstappen and Bottas. Paris fourth. 
I was just uh, earlier I got excited with the qualifying, but I think Ricardo will be fifth. Mm. Yeah. Um, last year, Max Verstappen actually didn't finish the race. He, he spun, he's, yeah, he spun off with a, a puncture. Uh, I think it'll be Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Um, for me, I think the real issue is going to be can Bottas show that he can handle the pressure? That's going to be the story of this season because he's now he's not even fighting for first place anymore. Now he's going to be fighting for second and third, and he's going to be getting a lot of pressure from Perez. So we'll see. I think that's going to be the story of the of the year going forward. Uh, I want to point out that Sergio Perez finished sixth last year in his racing point behind Charles Leclerc and behind Daniel Kvyat and behind Daniel Ricciardo. So I don't know. We'll see. Guys, anything else before we wrap car. up this uh, this episode? Hmm. Hmm. Racing is back. Hmm. Yeah, race week. Race week. No. Race week. Race week. I want to see cars on track. Yes, and sir. Absolutely. So, race. Yeah, I know. It's been so long. So let's uh, just wind it down, guys. If you're watching, make sure to, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Make sure other people can find us. Subscribe to us so that you could be alerted as to when, well, hit the subscribe button so you could find our videos. And then number two, hit the bell in the corner so that you could be alerted as to when we drop a new video. Uh, we are across all the uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. At Jump to Start F1 for our Twitter and at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram. I hate you guys. It's like uh, I feel like Michael Jordan in Game 7 every time when I go through all of our socials. So I'll say it again. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. At Jump to Start F1. On, there's, an easy, there's an easy solution to that, man. What, what drop are you going to help the applause? <laughs> nah, it should have been the other one. Listen. <laughs> if guys, you get it right, you don't got to worry. No, because he was flowing so well in the yeah, second one. I was getting ready. You know. But that made me nervous. <laughs> so the next time, just put your finger on the button just in case. So, so see him just guys, enjoy. fall apart. It's race week. Let's go. It's race week! Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>